Welcome to the Catch the Fire Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us, and we hope you're encouraged by this message. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. I was talking to Devon at the first service. He says, you ready? You ready to bring the word? I said, the hard part is holding on to it. The easy part is releasing it. So I get to release it upon you poor souls today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come thanking you and praising you for who you are. We thank you, Father, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the one that knew us before you placed us in our mother's wombs. We thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your glory, your miracles, We thank you for your counsel. We thank you for your spirit that rests upon us. And we come in reverence to your name, Father. With an honor to worship and praise and serve you. And we thank you, God, for your never-ending, overwhelming love. That is so great that you gave us your very heart, Jesus Christ. In whom we sit in heavenly places. Jesus, we say thank you to you today for paying the price. For taking the stripe so that we may live life and life more abundantly. We thank you, Jesus, that you paid the ransom for our freedom. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in us today. We call you to stir up and speak to us as these words are coming Bring your words that we have been praying for, the desires of our heart, in the name of Jesus. Kingdom of heaven come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you that our ears are open today to hear the words that you are releasing. We thank you that our eyes are open, spiritual eyes are wide open. And Lord, we thank you that the word that you release through me will fall on the good ground of our hearts and take root so the wicked one cannot snatch it up. And Lord, we just thank you for this season of acceleration and we say, Holy Spirit, kingdom of heaven, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So I got the privilege of preaching back, I think it was January 6th, it was early in January, and I always like to sit with the Lord and ask the prophetic, and on this assignment today that I've got, he said to go back and review a little bit of that word. Perhaps some of us forgot it, some of us may have not have been here, but the thing the Lord told me that this is the year of the impossible. This is the year to believe him for bigger things than you ever have before. This is the year also of unprecedented, unprecedented blessings, unprecedented manifestation, unprecedented weather, unprecedented politics. There's a, we are living in a realm that's never been seen before. And my brothers and sisters, we have an assignment at this time. And God challenged us to believe him for the big things. And so I want to check in to remind you that it's still the year of the impossible. And I was praying into this back at the end of April, beginning of June. And the Lord said to me, he said, daughter, those things that you have not yet completed, those things that I've been calling for you to get across the finish line, if you do those things this in this next six months, you will eat off of it for the next 10 years. I'm going to repeat that. 
He said, those things that I've been asking of you, those projects you need to finish, those things that I've instructed you to do, if you do them in the next six months, you will eat off of it for the next 10 years. While the world may be going crazy, where stuff may be stirring up around us, you will be fed and have manifestation for the next 10 years. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. Because last time I checked, we have five months to go in this year. And today was about reminding us that there is an open heaven above us with a promise of impossible multiplication. And that we have to be activated. And gone are the days of passive Christians to say, Lord, just do it for me. There is a partnership of co-creation in you. And so I'm here to tell you today that there is something greater. If you're like me, you're like, Lord, this can't be all of it. Like I cannot stay stuck in my stuff and trying to cast out fear and remembering who I am and struggling financially. There has to be more. There is something greater. And I'm so excited that I get to pray, uh, preach for my favorite sermon in this book. That's favorite scripture, John 14, 12. And we know it well, but I'm going to start up at John 14, 6. And it's about Jesus and Philip kind of questioning Jesus. Well, okay, wait a minute. Well, well, well if, there's, if, if you came from God, can, can we see this God? Can we just, you know, understand this God? And so Jesus says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And then Philip said to the Lord, just show us the Father. and We'll be okay, that'll suffice us. And Jesus says unto him, have I been so long time with you? I love King James, y'all. Sorry, there's a lot of yees and these and thous. <laughs> Have I been so long time with you? And yet, how's there not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest you then, show us the Father? Believe now, believe you that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words that I speak to you, I speak not of, but not of myself, but of the Father that dwelleth in me. He does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. And here's the part where we lean in. Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And I remember a few months ago, Duncan preached... And I hope you caught it because he talked about those three words in Jesus name, not being just to dot the I and cross the T and put the little, you know, asterisks on our prayer. But it comes from a place of understanding that in the heavenly org chart, you sit at the top in God inside of Jesus. But somewhere along this journey, we've forgotten who we are. And it may appear that your circumstances.
experiences have authority. It may appear that your identity is, is still in your family and your issues and the brokenness that you've had to overcome. And we forget that not only Satan is at your feet, the things of the earth realm are at your feet. And the angels await your command because they are at your feet. Jesus literally reorganized heaven with you at the top. What would our lives look like if we remembered that? There is something greater. And so as we look at this scripture in John 14, which is such a rich book, I hope you get a chance to read through all of it. There's something that is called doubt that sneaks up in Thomas's and Philip's heart. And Jesus says, man, if you could just get this, you can not only do the works I do, but greater works than these. I don't know about you, but that is mind boggling. The bar is set y'all. And it's time for us to go after it. The bar is set. See, I can't be bothered with pitiful things in my life because I'm going for this. There is something greater. And I have this sense, and I know you feel it with me. There is a kingdom urgency stirring in your soul, in your spirit, that says time is up for playing small. Time is up for forgetting who we are. There is something greater. And so when I was talking to the Lord about belief, because I thought I believed, I'd called myself a believer most of my life. And realized that I was hoping. I was hoping for healing. I was hoping for wealth. I was hoping. And I said, wow, God, well, I thought all these years I was a believer. Like, what, 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 is, what, what is belief? If what I've been practicing is just hope, what is belief? And he said to me, belief is being 100% certain. 100% certain. You know in your head, you know in your heart, you know in your soul, it is done. You know that you know that you know who you are. You know that you know what you were called to do. And you know that you know that you know how you're to execute it. And so what happens is that we have to understand that there's an instruction book in heaven. But I'm not talking about the Lamb's book of life that we hear about in Revelation. I'm talking about your book of life. And I don't know if you are aware, but there is a room in heaven with a book with your name on it. And God already wrote out the plan for your life. He wrote out the skill set for your life. He wrote out the gifts he's releasing for your life. But the problem, you all, is we're not accessing our books of life. There is something greater. And so today my assignment is to teach you how to access your book of life. Because something amazing happens when you know that you know that you know who you are, who, what you were called to, and how you were called to execute it. The world's circumstances, they still hiccup. They still try to get you. But it's like a free flea nipping at your heels instead of feeling like something is on your neck. And so today, we're going to talk about how to access this book of life. And I moved from Seattle to Raleigh. Literally, the Holy Spirit told me to move. I think it was back in 2006. 
And I got here and the Lord just said, oh no, you're putting everything down that you think is your business because I got, I have a message to bring through you. And I was praying and just, I was so frustrated because I was, here's the truth. I was coaching Christian leaders and I'm like, Lord, they are messed up. I'm just being, I was like, you know, Lord, like what, if this is the state of the leadership, what's the flock doing? And I began to just sit on my prayer pillow and I was like, Lord, what are we missing? What are we missing? Why is it that the body of Christ is starting to resemble those in the world? And I can't see a distinction that we're not walking in healing and we're not walking in revelation and we're not walking in having being the head and not the tail in every place we go. Why is it that we don't understand? Because you step there, that place shall become light. What are we missing? Lord. And he began to take me into these heavenly visitations. And when I say I sit for, I would sit for hours. And I was talking to my daughter, Kali. My birthday was Thursday. And she called me. It's my 53rd birthday, y'all. I earned every gray hair up here. And she called me and she says, Mama, I was talking to somebody the other day. And we were talking about the church. And I told them because of my mother that I understand that I am the church. She was because every day that I would get up for school, my mother would be sitting on her prayer pillows every day. Every day my mother does her heart work. And she's telling this person this. And I'm listening going, thank you, Jesus. She got it. She got it. So I was sitting on these prayer pillows. And this is a hashtag black girl hair problem. But there's a little oil stain on my wall because I would sit there for so long. And I would sit and I would ask the Lord, what are we missing? What are we missing, Lord? And he started to take me into these rooms, into these mansions that he speaks of in John 14, 1. And you know the first room I asked to go in, right? It was the treasury room, Scott. I'm not going to lie. It was like, just the treasury room, Lord, take me in. He says, oh, wait, 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 daughter, you're not ready. You need to visit the heart room first. Get your heart cleaned up. Here's the thing, you all. His love is unconditional. It does not matter whether we obey, whether we don't, what we do, whether we backslide, once you give your life to the Lord, his life, his love is unconditional for you. It's unchanging. The thing is, we don't know it. We're so busy beating ourselves up, we're not accessing it. But here's the thing. His access is conditional. There's this word all through the word of God. It says, if you believe. If. It's conditional. And so I want to go over the conditions that are required of us, or I shouldn't say required, they are offered to us. We can take them or leave them. I prefer to take them. That will help us understand and access our book of life. I want you to imagine waking up each and every morning and saying, Lord, where am I in my process in my book of life? What do I need to do today to close the gap between who you created me to be and where I am right now? And he answers you and says, daughter, son, this is what I want you to focus on today. And you take your plans and your task lists and your to-do list to him and say, Lord, reorder my day based upon my book of life. And I'm here to tell you he does it. And so let's talk about how do we access this? Am I preaching to myself? Does anybody want to know this? Woo. 
So how do you access? In your book of life, we're not talking about the Lamb's book of life. We're talking about your book of life that was created with your name on it. Psalms 139.16 speaks of it. Psalms 56.8 speaks of it. And when the Lord opened up my prophetic gift, actually even before the, he opened up the prophetic gift and told me he was going to open up people's books of life to me. And I was like, we have a book of life? I didn't, I promise you, I did not know. All the sermons in all the years, I'd never heard anybody talk about the book of life. Or they talk about it and they don't tell you how to access it. Or I heard about the Lamb's book of life, but not mine. And he just started to pour these things out. And I realized that there's steps to this thing. And so the first step, oh, I, was, I want to finish that sentence. So when God brought the prophetic, he said, I'm going to open up people's books of life to you. And he said it about two years before he did it. And I remember I was on the prayer team at Catch the Fire years ago when we were on Leesville. And I was praying for a sister. And I saw in the spirit a book over her head. And I was like, what is this? And I went home that day and prayed into it. And God says, the book, people's books of life are now open to you. And I was like, how did that happen? And he started to show me the process that he had taken me through. And so I want to share that process with you all today. Because I submit to you that not only do we have access to ours, but at the highest levels and some high access levels, you can access other people's. We do it in the prophetic every day. But there's deeper levels because there is something greater. So write these down, you all. Step number one, I'm going to give you five steps. And I've already talked about it. Believe that you have a book of life. Let's start there. Believe that you have a book of life. In order to believe that, you have to know that you are so special to God that you are different from the other billions of people on the earth. And I know in my walk, I've sat in, amongst many uh, sermons that have said, like, you're nothing, God, nothing, I'm nothing, I'm worthless, I'm, I'm not worthy, all these things. And I said, but wait a minute. Once you empty all that stuff out, who you are and who you were created to be is very important to heaven. And it's different than anybody else on the planet. And I submit to you that when you tap into your book of life, there's no more competition there's no more coveting. There's no more striving. There's no more inadequacy and insecurity because it's already in you. I'm not seeking success. I am success and I'm simply releasing it. It's already been written. I'm already preordained to walk in it. So then the question becomes, how do you move what's in the way? And so first you have to believe. And belief is 100% certainty, as I said, but what do we believe in? You want to believe in your significance. You are significant to God. You are significant to this earth. Your life was designed to leave a footprint. I have this dream that I'll have a picture of me and my husband above my daughter's fireplace and then she'll pass it on to her children and she'll pass it on to her children's children and they'll speak of what grandma uh, and grandpa Anthony and Erica did and how they're living off of what we built two generations before because a good man creates an inheritance for his children's children. And so we have to know that word in Jeremiah 1.5 that he knew you before you were placed in your mother's womb. That is your word. He knew you. 
Therefore, he purposed you. He called you. He chose you for something very specific. And so you take that in, y'all. You take that in. So every lie that's told you you're not good enough or you're not important or you're unseen or you're unheard or your voice isn't important in this world, it is a lie-break agreement with him. You, with it, you are significant. And I just got home for my father's 80th birthday. And my father is a very prideful man. He's healed of it now, but he actually had, he was a narcissist growing up most of my life. And daddy, if you're watching this, I'm really sorry. But I'm just saying, for real, where there was an inability to think of other people. And I was like, wow. And it was always about him striving and him doing the best and him being the best and all of these things. So back in June, he had a scare with affibrillation and he lost his breath. And my mother called me, and and it was the middle of the day on a Monday, and she says, Erica, I have to go to the hospital because your father has been up at night struggling with his breathing. Call your siblings, who both live in Washington State, for whatever reason she called me, and get activate. I already know I'm the family activator, so I I activated. Everybody showed up at the hospital. And my dad was so prideful. Because he literally holds the record of the, of, of the jump rope record for those 70 years and older. So he's in the, I'm not kidding, he's in the, and he wears it too. He like has a hat that says the jump rope king and, and he walks around. He's like 80 and he walks around little muscle shirts. And he's in the hospital telling the doctor how fabulous he is. Can barely breathe. Wouldn't even be quiet enough to take the oxygen. And my mom was flabbergasted. My brother was like, Daddy, be quiet. Like, you need to get the oxygen in. You can't breathe. And he's telling doctors, I'm not kidding, he said this, you've never seen a body like mine before. I'm 80, but I have the heart of a 37-year-old. And he can't breathe. It was the wildest thing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I'm getting these reports from my, my nieces and my sister, and they're all just done with my father. Like, he will not be quiet enough to get healed. So I'm being here, and I said, Lord, is the sickness unto death? It's not sickness unto death. I said, okay, so y'all handle it. And that was a Monday. Tuesday, he had behaved so badly that all of my family left the house because they wouldn't. he wouldn't sit down. You all, I'm not kidding. He tried to jump rope. Man couldn't breathe. He went back to the hospital again because he couldn't breathe, and he still wouldn't sit down and be quiet. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, this is a spirit. This needs to be cast out of my dad so he can breathe. And he called me on Wednesday, which I thought was fascinating. And we had this conversation. And I said, Daddy, I was really upset with you for the reports I've been receiving. I need you to know that your body needs to preserve energy to heal. And every time you talk, every time you try to jump rope, he got on at his tractor, you all, and was trying to, like, mow his golf course. He has a little golf course. And I said, every time you do that, You are giving out energy that your body needs to heal. And then he said, well, when you all sit me to tell, when you all are telling me to sit down and slow down, I feel like you're telling me to die. I said, okay. And I knew I was in the presence of a, of a spiritual confession. And then he said to me at 80 years old, he said, I need you to know I'm significant. I need you all to know I'm significant. And I hung up the phone And I just went into prayer. 
And I thanked God for me knowing my significance, knowing he was passing to me a legacy because if he spent 80 years trying to get whatever success looked like, and I have story after story that would blow your mind, all this to feel significant. That's why I couldn't be quiet. Because when you don't understand your significance, you're always trying to prove something. You're always trying to be seen. You always need to get the last word. You always need to be right. And so in that belief, it's really about believing your significance because God left a space in us for worship. He left a a void in us that can only be filled by significance. And when we don't feel significance, we look to the world, we look to people, we look to substances, we look to sex, we look to technology, whatever it is, to fill that place. But it is about significance. So step number one, and you don't have to do anything, just receive it and believe how significant you are to God. And I realized that I I knew I was significant when I asked God, I said, God, when you and the angels have a conversation about me, what do you call me? And immediately I heard, we call you a kingdom trainer. You are called to usher my children into the fullness of kingdom wealth in all of its forms. Drop the mic. Ever since that day, I have never had to look at another person to give me permission to be who I already am. I've never, and I don't say that because of me, I say it because this is what God has for us. And I am just dipping my toe in the deep end. I'm not even fully emerged, so I want us to jump in together into that river. So number one, believe that you are significant and special to God. Number two, prepare yourself for access. Prepare yourself. Anything you do in life, you prepare yourself for that new job. You prepare yourself for that presentation. You prepare yourself for marriage. Prepare yourself for access. Access to the mysteries and the secrets that God is waiting for us to receive. The word says there's nothing new under the sun, but there's a whole lot of new above it. I don't know about you, but I want to know. And so prepare yourself. Take back your authority. And that access that you gain, there's three ways and things you can focus on. The first is to purify your heart. If you've been around me for more than 10 minutes, you have heard me talk about the importance of your heart and doing your heart work. And if you need help with that, come to Freedom Night. Because your heart is designed to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. The Lord says, love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. Not just the parts that, that aren't broken, but all of your heart. Not just the parts who have been, you know, have been stepped on, but all of your heart. That is no joke. And then the second is a cleansed soul. It's about living a life of deliverance because it's that heart. Because Jesus broke the works of Satan. He broke the power of Satan. He can only get through where there is access in our hearts. I've spoken about it again. But if you're wondering why Satan or why darkness is having access to your life, there's something going on here where there is still an open door that has not been shut. Once you shut the door, you cast out what got in. And you end up cleansing your soul. That's what we do at the Freedom Night. Come on out, y'all. And then once you do that, you got to understand that now I got to reprogram. Because, see, I believed I wasn't enough. I believed I wasn't capable. I believed that this thing is too big for me. I believe that God can heal them, but not me. 
I was in hope, but not belief. And so you've got to come into a sound mind. And here's the revelation with that step. Realize that the spiritual war has been fought and won by Jesus. It has been fought and won by Jesus. We are now just dealing of the, dealing with the areas of our lives that we have not taken authority, power, and dominion over. There is still a war happening, make no mistake about it, but it is what the word calls in 1 Timothy 18, 19, we are warring the good warfare. And it's two things, y'all. If we can get these two things, holding faith and keeping good conscience. If we can hold the faith, that 100% certainty and add, and add action to it, we are holding faith. And it becomes unwavering, but I don't know about you, but there's some days I do my morning prayer and worship and I'm faithful until about 9.57. And then doubt sneaks in or frustration sneaks in or the, if something looks impossible and my task list is yelling at me or some drama comes up and I've lost some faith. Then I stop and pray in my office and, oh, okay, I'm back. God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's no fear. Then I'm good to go until 3.12. And then something else happens and I lose the faith again. Just a little bit. And we're like this on a graph with our faith, but it's about holding faith and increasing our faith, going from level to level with our faith, but never to lose it. If we can do that, there's nothing in the realm of darkness that can touch you. And if you can hold good conscience, and that is knowing that you are seated in heavenly places in Jesus, inside of the Father, with everything at your feet. And when we get that, we stop going, God, take it from me. And God says, I've already empowered you to cast it out. Lord, why haven't you taken this fear from me? He's like, you've forgotten who you are. Take authority over it. Use the power of death and life in your tongue. Command. And so that's how you begin to prepare for access. And the more we do that, the deeper into the mysteries and the secrets God opens up to us. We've been asking for, but I want to give you the how today. And then the third step is ask and command. In Matthew 6, when the word is talking about, when the disciples are asking Jesus, Lord, how do we pray? And we often see the Lord's prayer, but there's a verse before that. And he says, don't be like the heathen and ask the father what you need because he knows what you need. And I suspect that 90 plus percent of our prayers about what we need. They're about what we need. And I submit to you that if you know God has it taken care of, you are free to focus on the bigger questions that you need to know, such as, Lord, when you and the angels discuss me, what do you talk about? Lord, what is my book of life? Can I get access? What's in the way of me accessing it, Lord? Lord, show me how to believe. Lord, what's the revelation you want me to leave in the earth? How are you calling me to change the generation of my family? Those are kingdom questions, you all. And if you start to focus on the kingdom questions, you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, which is the preordained, pre-established order of heaven. And then all these things will be added unto you. And when I started this journey, I would just sit before the Lord. He's like, ask, what are your kingdom questions? And I wrote question after question after question. I had about three pieces of paper, double-sided, and he's answered every single one. Yes. 
That's not unique to me. That's access that we all have. Don't leave it, don't leave it on the, don't leave it on the table. And then command, speak those things that are not as though they were. If your heart ain't doing right, tell it to line up. If your household ain't acting right, speak over it and command it. If you're confused, speak to it. Call forth the kingdom of heaven to bring total clarity in the name of Jesus. If your money ain't right, talk to it. Tell it what to do. Tell it to come into your hand. If we're experiencing lack, you all, in any way, lack of time, lack of rest, lack of sleep, lack of anything, it's because we're not commanding as we should. And there's preparation in the receiving, don't get me wrong. But do the command, and then you're going to know, you're going to get that blessed assurance. It's done. I don't have to worry about when it manifests, it's done. I can move on to the next prayer. And so ask and command. The word tells us in Matthew 7, 7 through 12, ask, seek, and knock. Woo! Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That door is not an earthly door, it is a heavenly door. Because there are doors in rooms in the many mansions that you have access to. For everyone who asks, receives. To the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. All right, so let's go on to number four. Once you are in belief, and once you prepare yourself for access, once you begin to move in your authority and ask and command, then you begin to act. And John 14, 23, if a man loves me, he will keep my words. That is not just the truth of the Lord, it is also the instruction of the Lord. In the New Testament, the the instruction is inside the Holy Spirit. And the more of the Holy Spirit we have in us, the more instruction we have access to. The more of the spirit of truth we have access to. Faith without works is dead. And I want to tell you today that no longer is anyone or anything holding you back. At the end of John in John 14, 30, Jesus says, now arise and go forth. Because when you begin to focus on kingdom, you're moving above the turbulence. And people don't get on your nerves like they used to. Stuff can't take you off to detour and derail you like it used to. And it's the darndest thing, y'all. Drama finds someone else to mess with. It's amazing. It's amazing. And something the Lord said after the first service, he said to remind you that he has removed all the obstacles. And let me tell you what he means by that. So for those of us who have piles of journals that are supposed to be books, he's removed the obstacles. There was a day when you had to go get an agent, you had to write a book proposal to get that book out. God has removed the obstacles. You can self-publish now and your book can reach around the world. For those of you who have what we used to call CDs, that you have music to release. There was a day you used to have to get money together and get a producer and rent a studio and then find the person to get in the hands of. And now you can go straight to the people because God has removed the barriers for you and I to get our messages out to the world. Because now you can 
sing those songs and go on YouTube. You can have access. I remember when the internet first uh, opened up and I was an early, early adopter because I had to figure out as a single mom how to be able to travel around the world when I couldn't go because I was raising my daughter. And I had a Sunday school teacher that, a Sunday school student at the time who like just read HTML for leisure time. And I was like, I need to understand. This was 20 years ago. Like email was just coming. I was like, PayPal, what? What is this? I didn't understand like how something gets from my computer to yours. I just couldn't get it. And he showed me all of this. And I took it to the Lord. I said, well, Lord, is this you? And he said, I had the internet created to connect my kingdom like never before. And the world has perverted it. And I submit to you that it is something God has given us to take down the barriers. You can start a podcast today to share those words of the Lord. You don't have to wait anymore. And so understand you all, that's for us. So don't let the world do more with the tool he gave us than the world is. So there is, there's no obstacles anymore. Think about that thing you need to do. There's so few obstacles now. We can go on YouTube and figure out a video. So I just want to remind you that there's a message in you that needs to be released. It's not just for you. It's to impact other people. And then the fifth step, once you do all those things, we sometimes forget as Christians to persist, to develop perseverance. It's so serious that God is like, I'm going to help y'all with this. But he specifically tells us in Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we do not faint. And my observation is that most of us give up before our due season. Because we're under this myth that it's going to be easy. God called me to it. And he's going to open doors when you're in the wilderness. He'll give you manna. But there comes a point where you got to slay your giants when you cross into the promised land. And you got to start making things happen. And you start commanding the way straight and the path straight. We become co-creators instead of just receivers. And so we must persist because there is a harvest upon you. And this harvest is going to be a supernatural overflow. And I'm not talking about next year or the following year. I'm talking about this year. We've got five months left in that word that if you buckle yourself in and if you focus in like never before, if you take authority over your time and dominion over your thoughts and block out distractions and begin to know your no, K-N-O-W, your N-O, I remember years ago when I was first coming into the ministry, my apostle at the time, he said to me, he says, he called me daughter. He said, daughter, do you know the enemy of your ministry? And I just sat there. I was like, well, Satan, of course. He goes, no, do you know the enemy of your ministry? And I was like, no. And he said, busyness. This is a season to slow down to get more done. This is a time to block out your calendar And operate with discipline. Get up and show up because God has visionary office hours that he's going to bring something through you. There is something greater. And now is the time to release that thing or those things. Those songs. You guys, 
You all know what it is. Stop acting like you don't know. We'll be like, what, Lord? You know. He's either giving you dreams, he's showing you someone else doing it, and you're like, oh, Lord, I want to do that. He's showing you. You know at least enough to take a step or two. So stop the lie that you don't know. Some of us need to just, I don't know who this is for. Some of us need to uncover our desk so we can show up. You know at least three steps to take. Am I, in, everybody in here, don't act like you don't know. You know, God put it in you. It's inside of you. And so gone are the days you have to seek outside of yourself. It's about going within and releasing that thing. Believing him when he says, make that investment. When he says, write those books. When he says, start that ministry now. When he says, start that business. And based upon the word of the Lord, if we're willing to do that, and get access to our book, books of life. Respond to do these things. You will look up at the end of this year. And you will have created and manifest something. As some things that you will eat off of. For the rest of the next 10 years. So there is an open heaven. With impossible multiplication. Above you right now. And none. Listen. It did not miss any of us in this room. You know, when you're still in self-rejection, you're like, yeah, that's for them. I missed it. No, you didn't. I'm here to tell you it's for you. It's for you. It's for all of us. And so right now, I just want you to tune into your heart and say, Lord, what is the greater work you have for me to complete this year? And can he trust you to get it across the finish line? Can he trust you that you're not going to get all emotional and get dramatic and put it down? Can he trust you that that you're going to be able to, even as you're working with family and friends, that you're going to be able to carve away time to get it done? I don't know who it is in here, but there's a fashion line that's trying to birth through you. It's already in you. And it's just time to release it. There is something greater. And if you can feel it, if that pilot light of greatness is stirring up inside of you where you know you just have been like, this can't be it. There has to be more. Then I want you to stand. I'm going to ask you to take action today. If you know there's something greater in you and something for you, just stand up. And I really want you to take a minute to get it in your mind. What is it that you're going to complete this year that the Lord has been urging you, challenging you to do? What are you going to complete this year so you can eat off of it for the next 10 years? I want you to get it in your mind's eye. Lock into it. What is it? And the Lord says, will you do it? And if you know there's something greater in you and you're ready to walk into it, symbolize that today. Come up here with me. Take action. Come out of your comfort zone. Step forward. And the first thing we got to get rid of, y'all, is the fear. Because we've been taught this corporate fear that the higher the level, the more devils. And I submit to you that the higher you go, the less you can be touched by the realm of darkness. And so if you're carrying spirit of fear, spirit of fear, you go spirit of our own spirit of fear. That's causing us to scare, be scared of our own greatness. Get out in the name of Jesus. I want you to exhale it. Let it go. Don't carry the fear home with you today. 
What would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? What would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? I challenge you to go after it like never before. Release that spirit of fear. Release those lies of inadequacy and you're not good enough and you're not the one that God chose for such a time as this because you are. And just ask the Lord, Lord, what is in the way of my greater work? And whatever it is, you just release it today. Leave it here. Don't take it home with you. And I thank you, God, that in this room, if we do what we say we're going to do today, the world will never be the same. There is something greater. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. There are so many opportunities to grow, connect, and be encouraged. To learn more, visit ctfraleigh.com and follow us on social media. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We are so thankful for you.